0: What a service already. Um, I want to encourage those of you who just want to give a precursor to the end of the service. We're going to have a video guest with us at the end of the service, not until. So if there's anybody that's got some plans, you might want to hold off getting to the Chinese buffet. Before you see, I use Chinese because that happens to be my husband's favorite buffet. How many of you remember the buffets? seriously yeah some of you kids do you still even have buffets yeah, yeah little ones okay golden corral. That's golden corral you're right anybody ate out of their chocolate fountain before that thing scares me i don't know i stick my stuff in there and i when i pull it out i'm like mm, i might pull something else out of there that i never knew went in i'm not not doing that let's let's pray father we just come before you in the name of jesus and god i just thank you lord for the Word that you've given this morning for the series, God, that we're in. Lord, I just thank you that you would direct my mouth and my mind, God, to be led by your spirit. Father, remove me from the equation. Father, that your word would go forth into the heart of men and women, God, and bring forth supernatural change. Holy Spirit, take our lives. Take our hearts, Father. Mold them and shape them. Make us, Father, into champions. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. So we began a series uh, last week, Brother Rick from the Dayton campus. Somebody say he did a great job. He did an amazing job. Um, Back in the week of Pentecost, earlier in this year, uh, Mr. D'Amico began exhorting the church. And all of a sudden the scriptures he began spitting out. He began calling us champions and of a champion spirit. And the spirit inside of me just began to literally erupt in my heart. And I'm like, yeah, that's right, that's who we are. And it just began to fire this word in my heart that I couldn't let go. And I knew that night that somehow, some way, sometime, we were gonna need to talk about a champion spirit that lives inside of you and I. Little did I know. That our pastor would be in a fight, that he is. And that we would be speaking the word of where we're coming from. God was preparing us in Pentecost for the battle that was to ensue. Amen? So just know we are not off his time. We are right on time. So if you weren't here last week, I want to just review a little bit of it because I think that we really laid some foundational truths for you and I. You know, the entire Christian faith is based upon... Death and resurrection. The cross and the resurrected God. There's multiple religions around this world... ...but without the resurrection... ...there is no power in that gospel. It is not the good news. It's of news. But it's not the news. It's not the news that you and I live by. The resurrection changed... ...the news that you and I believe. Without a resurrection... ...you have no God. That's all there is to it. Or at least not one with power. So let's go to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses... ...of the life of faith. Now, if you read the prior chapters, it talks about these great men and women of faith. And that's what it's talking about, the great cloud of witnesses. These people have already lived their life for Christ... In faith, believed in him, and they died believing in an eternal life with him, to be seated with him. So it's talking about those people that have fought their fight, and they're witnessing or watching you and I fight ours, okay? It says, witnesses to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by, he's telling us how we're gonna do this to run with endurance, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, the one who won, the one who defeated every enemy in his path, the one who stayed the course, the one who endured when things got rough who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated at the place of honor beside God in his throne. Keeping our eyes upon Jesus, our example of how to live this life. See, Jesus also ran his race, just like you and I are running ours. But he did it with faith... And and this is how you and I are doing it. When we confess Jesus as Lord, our faith begins. Our faith begins. But it's not that it just begins, but it ends in him as well. When things don't go the way you want, you don't get a toss in the towel and say, well, I'm done with faith because things aren't working my way. No, until the end we persevere and we endure hard things because we have faith. Not that everything's going to be okay right now. But we have faith that everything's going to be all right in eternity. It's what Pastor Tim was talking about today. We're not guaranteed no tears here. We're not guaranteed no suffering here. But when you and I cross over to eternity, we are guaranteed there's no more pain. There's no more suffering. And the final blow to death, hell and the grave is over. See, Christ has died and resurrected. But if you and I have died to ourselves with Christ, we died to our fleshly life in him, then you two and I are going to be resurrected with him, not just into a new life on this earth, but after you and I are dead and gone. Stuff me in a grave. Jesus is coming back, and when he does, I will raise up from the ground. I bet it shakes. I bet it's going to be some amazing display. Even though it's going to be in a twinkling of an eye, I can just see the dirt rumbling and all of a sudden those who were dead in Christ begin to rise and meet our Savior in the air that's when we've completely arrived and we see our champion for who he is in fullness see God began a work through Jesus and he finished in Jesus what he started in him and that made him our champions see because Jesus overcame so do you and I Because of him. See, he didn't quit. He didn't give up. He didn't tap out. He endured. He persevered through the difficult, challenging situations in his life. And he ran his race to win. Not just to make it. Not just to get there. He ran his race to win. You and I got to run our race to win. It matters. Every step, every purpose, every choice we make matters. Because we want to win. We want to win. I'm going to read this to you. It says Hebrews 2.14. It says, because God's children, that's you and me, are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son became flesh and blood, Jesus. For only as human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had power over death. He broke that power when he went to the cross for you and I. And then it says, only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. No longer are you and I afraid of what can come our way because we know the song we sang this morning. He's never lost a battle, and he doesn't start now. Amen? Because of Jesus, this is who we are, and this is what we do. Rick said it last week. Remember, they had, I don't know if he was an NFL guy, NBA, I don't know who he was, NBA, NFL, HCL, they all run together for me, but some sports guy. After winning the championship, the the, the newscaster's like, how does it feel to win the championship? He's like... This is just who we are, and this is what we do. In other words, we just win. We wake up, and we win. We wake up, and we win. We go to sleep, and we win. This is who we are. We are God's children, and because we're his children, we win. This is just what we do. Somebody says, man, I just don't know why you're blessed all the time. This is who we are, and this is what we do. I don't know why you ain't walking and saying, well, it's just who we are and what we do. It's easy. But why is it that sometimes it becomes so hard? It's real. It's real. Because the enemy comes for nothing less than to stop or extract your God-given purpose and the faith that's been placed in your life by God. He comes to steal it. He comes to take it. He comes to rid you of it. And let me tell you something. He wants you to believe that you have no power. He wants you to believe that he's stronger than you. He wants you to believe that he's the real champion and you're the failure. And he knows that if you get a hold of what God's saying to you and you get a hold of the fact that this is not of your own worth. This is not something you can set out to do on your own. That it's something that Jesus has already bought, already purchased, already won the war for you. He knows you're unstoppable. Yeah. This is who you are. This is what you do. You win victories you win suffering you win defeats when the devil looks at you and says you're nothing you're never going to make it and you say sorry that's not who i am and that's not what i do i can only win that nba guy he never gave a word or a thought to what he felt it came up out of his heart and his spirit i don't know this is just what we do this is who we are We gotta muster the strength. Or we're so expressed that we won. What? Of course you win. Jesus already won for you. Walk in it. Walk in it. (sighs) If you've received Jesus, here's here here. This is huge. If you've received Jesus, then inside of you is the Holy Spirit, and you were born. Of a champion bloodline rick touched on this a little bit last week but i want to give you an example of what this really means some of you know that we've gotten a new dog praise you jesus it was my idea because i found my husband literally looking at videos at 1am crying over a dog i just want everyone to know he did not cry when our children was born he did not cry when we got married but he cried over a dog (laughs) this dog was his person they were together And he was crying. I said, we're getting a new dog. I don't want no new dog. I said, we're getting a new dog. We got a new dog. Her name's Midnight. Oh my goodness. We found out after purchasing her when Randy talked to the breeders that she was of a bloodline of 30 years of champions. Now we didn't have a clue. We're not looking for no show dog. We're looking for a dog who's going to eat her food, not pee on the floor, and just be good. That's all we need. And don't get car sick. I don't want a car sick dog. They said, if you're going to breed her, you have to bring her back to us and we will breed her. Because her line is so pure, it cannot be broken. (laughs) I'm like, how much is that going to cost us? So needless to say, she's not going to be bred. She's getting fixed at six months or whenever you can fix her. But my point is, is that if midnight has the champion blood in her, The bottom line is is that if she doesn't begin to be purposed and disciplined as a champion, I don't care what type of blood is in that dog. Right now, I'm trying to get her to not jump in her water bowl. Pick up her food bowl and empty it and look at me like, you got to pick it up again. Or maybe when you greet her at the door, I'm like, oh, you said you could dog. She's just whizzing everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was my idea. I'm reminded of what a puppy does. But the bottom line is, is you and I are the same. We have a champion bloodline in us. Jesus, our ancestor, our brother has done the work that it took to prove it's in you. But if you and I just stand around our water bowl... Jumping in acting like a rebellious child, not purpose, not discipline, and not acting like you and I have the champion skills that are in us. It didn't matter even if I tried to show that dog. She would whiz all the way to the show platform. And they're going to say, that dog's not a champion. That dog needs discipline. Do you understand? It's the same way with you and I. I don't want to just be the ancestor. Of Moses. I don't want to be the ancestor of Joshua who said, hmm, Moses is dead, but today we will cross over. I don't want to just be a memory. I don't want someone to say, Yeah, that was Pastor Dosic's daughter. I want to be that is Nicole Waters, and she believes that she's a champion. I've seen the works of God through her. I've seen her stand in the face of adversity and persevere and have endurance when she didn't deserve to have any of it. I'm done living off yesterdays. I'm done living in my ancestors past. It's time that we step over and step into Jesus, the champion who he said we are and start living in the bloodline that he gave you and I. When is it going to become real to us, church? That the same power that raised him from the grave is the same power that lives in you and I. Yet when the enemy shows up, we become timid, broken, scared, wimpy people. Stand up. You know, when midnight stands, she looks out the front yard. This is what she does. She goes, her nose is pointed, her tail's lifted, her legs are perfectly straight. You want to know why? Because someday everybody came up Stuck her hand under her front legs. Stuck her hand under the back leg and said, stand right. Pull her tail up. Lift her head up. And they did it enough times that guess what? She knows. If I act like my purpose, this is who I'm going to be. This is what I am. And I think to myself, man, she looks so proper, but she can't stay out of her water. Someone began the process with her. And began to make her into the champion that they knew was inside of her. Matthew 4.19. Listen to this, what it says. It says, come follow me. This is Jesus speaking. And I will make you. Not, Angie, I'm going to make you do something. Angie, come. I'm going to make you into something that you're not. I'm going to make you. I'm going to. I'm going to. You don't have to worry about it. Do you believe that I can make you into something you're not? I'm going to do all the hard work. I'm going to show you how to walk this out. Now, obviously, in Matthew 4.19, Jesus is talking about making them fishers of men. But I'm talking to you about walking out your life purpose with God. He will make you. See, sometimes you and I think that we have to do this on our own. We don't. We don't. God is in the champion-making business. See, he gave you all the tools, all the bloodline that you need, and the example to be it. Now we just have to walk it out. Walk it out. The bottom line is, is that if midnight would be trained, I promise you, 30 years of champion bloodline... The dog's going to be a champion. Yes. That's right. It's in her. She was bred to be one. You and I were born and bred to be champions. Yes. Yeah. Let's go to the Bible story and let's watch the making of a champion. And let's see if you and I can understand some of the same struggles that Gideon dealt with. And let's go to Judges, the sixth chapter... This is going to be the majority of our text today. And I'm going to jump around a little bit because (sighs) there's a lot. Honestly, from start to finish, there's about three chapters. So we're not going to do that. We're going to focus on what we can. And then in your reading time this week... This would be an amazing story for you to read in your favorite translation and get all the gist about it, okay? It really would. Okay, so we're going to start in the sixth chapter, one and two first. It says, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. This is sin. For seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves... In mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Now let's go on down to the sixth verse. It said, Midian is so, so impoverished, the Israelites, that they cried out to the Lord for help. Finally, seven years is too much. I don't know why they chose seven years, but they had had enough. They're like, oh Lord, we need help. They're stealing our cattle. They're taking our herds. They take our crops. We've got nothing and we're dying out here. When when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I even drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said unto you that I am the Lord your God, do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose hand land you live. But you have not listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down, hmm, sat down under the oak in Ophara, Orf, Orf, something that belonged to Joash the Abizzarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat. In a wine press, wheat in a wine press, to keep it from the Midianites. Now, a lot happened right there, but I had to set the preface for the story. Sometimes I think in our life, you and I are found in the place of Gideon, and we're in a place that we shouldn't be hiding from the enemy because we don't want to face what we have to face. He is literally inside of a wine press, trampling out grain, because he's afraid he'll be caught and then oppressed and his grain taken away. He'll be, here's the problem, the fight needs to happen. (laughs) Sooner or later, Gideon's got to stand up out of the wine press and say, I've had enough. I'm not hiding any longer. I'm not avoiding my enemy, but I'm gonna have to take you on. And I don't know what this battle is gonna look like, but here's what I do know. I'm sick of living hiding. I'm sick of avoiding facing what I need to face. Champions don't ignore. Champions don't hide, because we have the ability to defeat anything. Remember, the people looking at you and I as God's children, Are saying oh look out here they come but sometimes this is us coming okay yeah 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 I'm going to show you the story today about Gideon God honored him where he was in his fight and it began in a place where he was hiding Look at verse 12. It said, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Mighty warrior? I'm in a wine press hiding. I'm trying to trample my grain quietly so that the enemy doesn't see me so we can live another day. God sees you. And I differently than we see ourselves. You get that. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. That literally, in another translation, my hero? <laughs> How many heroes you know hiding? Last time I checked, Batman stands on the top of the building waiting. Spider Man's sitting there waiting for the cries of the people so he can come out and save them all, right? But this is a problem, is that God wasn't looking at the man who was hiding or avoiding. He saw what Gideon could become. Pick up your cross, come follow me, and I will make you. He was saying, Gideon, stand up. I got this. I see who you can be with me by your side. You don't have to do this on your own. Let me be the champion for you. I got this. So let's look on. Gideon is a champion in the making. Can someone say that? Say, I am a champion in the making. All right, let's look at verse 13. I'm having to put on my glasses. It says, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all of his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. I don't know about this, but let's just keep reading. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? He says, pardon me, Lord, pardon me. He's so polite, isn't he? So polite. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is of the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Let me tell you something. Gideon begins to doubt and question God. His words, his very words that he's speaking to him, he begins to question. And he really feels that God has left him alone. He's fearful. He's insecure. He's impoverished. Like everything he has feared is coming up on him, right? But the problem is, is that he doubted God and questioned rather than accepting the responsibility for what he had done. Did you hear me? There's a responsibility. See, and when sin came to the camp with Gideon's people, they began to distance themselves from God. Sometimes, just let me say this, situations that you and I find ourselves in are not because God's abandoning you, but they're because you have insisted, demanded to do it your way. Forget the little graven image that they probably carved out in today's world we are the God we are the God we're worshiping our way the prideful way what I think is best for my life and then we hold that standard up to God and then when he doesn't meet our standard then we get ticked why did you abandon me I just feel like I'm all here alone. Here's what I want to encourage you. Based on God's response to Gideon, he wasn't angry that Gideon was questioning him. He wasn't angry that he was having places of doubt. He began to gently love him back and to assure him, son, I haven't abandoned you. I'm still with you. Go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have. See, just like a parent, we begin to reassure our kids. Sometimes I think that before we even want to step out with God, we think we got to have all of it together. See, it's kind of like, let me talk to the marrieds. Let me talk to the ones who have had children. You know, you wanted this all to be perfect. You wanted to have enough money in the bank. You wanted to have a place to live. You didn't want to rent, you wanted to buy. That, by the way, if you need to rent, rent. That's fine. Lincoln just got his first rental why because the economy is horrible right now you shouldn't be buying right now It's just not a good place. My point is Nothing's ever going to be perfect when it comes time to get married Nothing you're all you women you're never going to lose the exact amount of weight before you get married You ain't in fact after you get married you're going to gain weight And you're going to wish to God you hadn't got married because you gained so much weight It's called happy weight. It's okay. All you newlyweds out there. You know what I'm talking about it happened to Randy and I. I think I came back from my honeymoon with 12 pounds heavier on my body those of you that have had babies you know there's never any perfect time to have a baby you have a baby and all the things that need to jump in place just start falling in line right sometimes I think that we think we already have to be a champion before we can go fight a fight But that's not what God was saying to Gideon. Here's Gideon literally cowering down, hiding in a wine press, and says, "Uh, mighty warrior, who are you talking to? Here I am hiding out trying to avoid the enemy and you're calling me some mighty warrior. I ain't even got a knife strapped on me right now, God. And he's like, no, no, Gideon, you're going to go because I'm going to be with you. And he's like, well, Lord, if you're going to be with me, then why am I in this situation? You're in this situation because you've chose to avoid and to not do what God's asked you to do. And sometimes that's a hard place to be. One of the first steps in becoming a champion is identifying that this has nothing to do with what you can do and everything to do with what he has already done. Go in the strength you have. Go in the strength that you have. See, he's asking you and I, God is really saying to Gideon, I just need you to realize that it's not your own power that's going to do this. It's going to be me. But I need someone in human flesh to step out, no matter how big that step is. Some of us have a step like this. Some of us have a step like this. Some of us have a step. This is me at night in my house for the top step of the, before I go downstairs. i want to feel where i'm at i got to know where that first step is sometimes a lot of us are like that and don't look at me like a cow at a new gate two-thirds of the people in this congregation have the exact personality type as i do so don't even go like this i know what you're feeling there's only a few of you that go like this (laughs) let's go on to verse 15 it says Oh, pardon me, Lord. Okay, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. And the Lord answered to him and said, I will be with you, and you will strike down all. Someone say all. The Midianites, leaving none alive. That's not a partial victory. That's a complete victory. And Gideon replied, okay, we're going to stop right there. This is what it says. Gideon was first doubting God. Now Gideon turns it to himself. Oh, but I'm the weakest of my clan. Like, I think you've got the wrong guy. Again, let's go back. You're looking at me, seeing me differently than I am. He says, but, but I am. He's already taken ownership. Ignore what God just said about me. That i'm a mighty warrior and that if i go in the strength that i have he's enough he says no 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 i know better than you god i know better you don't understand where i come from you don't understand how much money i make you don't understand what color i am you don't understand how old i am you don't understand what side of town i come from and god says Actually, I do. (laughs) And I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. The devil tries to tell us that we're not enough and that we just need to go home. Don't even fight. Do you want to know why he's trying to not even get you to put up a fight? (laughs) Because he knows that really, if God's with you, he's doomed. He's doomed. He's not looking for you to ensue the fight on your own. He knows that the God who resurrected Jesus from the dead is the God who's behind the power that you carry. But it's you and I that have forgotten the power that we carry. It's you and I that forgot the blood that runs through our veins. Is that of a victor. The blood that runs through your and my vein is not one of a coward and a good thing that God's in the champion making business and that step by step he is with us let's look at the next verse it says the lord answered i will be with you and i will strike down all the midianites listen it says gideon replied if i have found favor in your eyes give me a sign okay i'm just going to say can someone say <clears throat> god is still god is still reassuring Gideon. (laughs) How many times have you seen him get mad at him? Have you seen him say, Gideon, that's it. You get one more time and I'm done with you because you are not a man full of faith. Did you hear him say that? Did you ever want to see him blow steam out of his nostrils and get angry at Gideon? No. You want to know why? He was patient with Gideon. He loves Gideon. He was reassuring Gideon that you can do it. All you moms out there, you know what I'm talking about. You found your kids, dads too. It's, it's like that first fishing cast that they don't think they got in them and you're like, you can do it. Just throw it out there and let go of the finger. You got you got it, you got it. What are you saying? You're encouraging them along the way because you know that they're fearful that they're gonna fail. They're afraid that they're not going to get the cast to the pond. Moms, they're afraid that they're not going to get it done the way you think it needs to be done. I remember Lexi. She was, oh, my goodness. Thank God for her best friend, Brittany. She was literally on the stage, and Randy and I are in the audience, and mom, and Papa, everyone's come to see her. You know, it's that first kids program, and we're all looking for her right here, and there's no Lexis. And everyone's holding up their letter, except there's one letter missing in Christmas. And it's Lexi. And you see little Brittany go off stage like this, and here comes the eye. (laughs) (laughs) What was it? She was afraid. She needed encouragement. She needed reassurance because she didn't have the confidence that it took to go out there. All she knew is that something was going to happen to that letter. It was going to fall. It was going to break. She was going to cry. It was just more than she could handle at that moment. God gingerly loves us. And makes us into champions. He's not going to put you in a place that you're going to fail. The only way you fail is if you go in your own way. You go the way you think you need to go. God's asking that you go in his way. And that you go in my strength. You go in your strength that you have. And when all the strength you have runs out mid-step, you can't even get your foot on the ground. God says, I got this. And down your step of faith goes. And another step is made towards being a champion. You think Michael Jordan became a champion because he never showed up to practice and all he did was walk in when it was time to show up and get the trophy and hang it up and take a picture? You know, I happen to know the story of Michael Jordan. Why? Because I was a 90s kid. Michael Jordan showed up 15 minutes early to practice every single day. And two of the boys on the team thought they would try to show him up. So they showed up 20 minutes early. So the next day he showed up a half hour early. And the next day 45 minutes early. And the next day an hour early until he began the leader of that team. I'm telling you that Jesus showed up early to your practice. He showed up early so that he could lead you into a championship. And if you will just follow along his steps and show up when he tells you to show up. And bring what he tells you to bring. And say what he tells you to say. And walk like he tells you to walk. You cannot lose the battle. Amen. God patiently waits on Gideon. But here he takes Gideon to a whole new level. He tells Gideon, and we're going to go down to 17. He's, remember, Gideon says, if I've found favor in your eyes, Lord, give me a sign. Like, as if you're talking to me and encouraging me and strengthening me isn't enough, give me a sign that I'm doing what's right. And this is what he says. He says, please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. So quick in the story, God waits. And then he comes back. But when he comes back, this is what he says to Gideon at night. He says, We're in verse 27. It says, so Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord had told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. Now, the Lord gave Gideon specific instructions and said, I need you to go into the town and tear down the altar of Baal. Tear down what you think is right and the disobedience in your life and make it right but Gideon couldn't tell his family so he had to take ten other friends with him I'm telling you story after story after story in the Bible reminds you that those you surround yourself with are very very important and I'm here to remind you today that if you don't have people That when things get tough, when things get rough, when it comes time to endure, when it gets time to get thick skin, when it gets time to persevere in the midst of adversity, when things might not look the way you think they should look, when the evidence of your faith is not arrived today, you need them to look at you and say, don't you dare get down. You're going to fight through this. You're going to persevere because you are of a champion bloodline. The spirit of the living God lives inside of you and you will make it. You will rise up out of those ashes and you will live. Those are the people that you need to surround yourself with. Those are the people. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes there's battles in life that show you who your true friends are real fast. And I can't tell you how many times I've been in a situation where people just run. They think it's time to run. It's not time to run. It's time to fight. That's what it is. It's time to fight. So Gideon was afraid. He was afraid still, yet after having a fleece before God. And God comes down and waits on him. God's talked to him. God's encouraged him. God said, go in your own strength. You're going to make it. He's still, well, does it at night in hiding. Still hiding, still fearful. Still fearful. But guess what? He did it anyways here's what I'm telling you. There's going to be times in your life that God's asking you to step out and you're going to be afraid. And you're going to not know that you're really making the right decision. But I'm here to remind you that if you will do what God tells you to do, you will be one step closer to becoming the champion that you know you are. You will be one step closer, one inch, one word, one system, one day, one workout closer to being what God's called you but if you never work out you're never going to be the faith champion that God says he's called you to be though you have the blood of the Savior pumping through your veins and the Spirit of God living on the inside of you saying let me out let me out please let me win this fight for you please get out of the way and show me that you've exhausted yourself Because when you've exhausted yourself, I've only began to get on my fight. God's letting you go in your own strength. He's letting you do all you can do. You've heard the term, I use it as a parent. I tell many parents, you do your best, God will do the rest. If you've done your best, you have nothing else to give. Your best was what you gave because that's what your father and mother gave you. You go with the best. If your next generation's better than the last, you did your best, and God will do the rest. Amen. All right, here's where we're at. There's a couple more fleeces in this story. We go on into chapter seven. I mean, Gideon doesn't stop with one fleece. He says, Lord, literally put dew on the ground, and when the dew's there, I'll know it's you. The dew comes, and then he looks at the Lord and says, Well, now take it back. If you take it back, I will really know. I'll have the confidence that it takes to go in and take this land because you've spoken it to me not once, not twice, not three times, not four times. Probably 15 times you told me to go and take the land. But God never once got frustrated at his nth degree. Never once threw in the towel with Gideon. He kept loving him. You got this, son. You got this, son. Yeah, I'll take the dew up. Yeah, I'll bring the dew down. Yeah, I'll do whatever you want. And then he goes on to the next one. And here's what he says in chapter 7. It says, early in the morning... Oh, no, we'll start on verse 2. It says, the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me. Hold up, I forgot to tell you. In the prior scriptures, Gideon got enough courage to blow the horn. And when he blew the trumpet, all these troops came. And there were 32,000 men that came to the call that we were going to go fight. It says, you have too many men. I can't deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. I can't imagine what Gideon, the champion being made, was thinking right now. Because I can tell you that my personality type would have been, are you kidding me right now? I finally muster enough strength to blow the trumpet. All these men come and rally and say they're willing to give their lives, and now you say, send them home? Like, Lord, we'll just have them waiting on the hill. We'll only take in what you need, but just in case. God was removing the idol worship of themselves. He was removing them from the product. See, sometimes God does things not in the way that we want. See, sometimes it... Okay, let me just talk real with you. I would much rather our pastor be touched by the hand of God and not take one more drop of that deadly drug. Not one more drop. But the bottom line is, is that God said to him, this is the way you're going to go. This is what you're going to do. You know what that means? Ain't no bones about it. We going that way. That's what it means. Because we're removing us out of the picture. It would have been easy for me to say, no, 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 no. That's not what we're supposed to do. God doesn't care what I think we're supposed to do. He's looking at the way to get himself the most glory that he can. For those of you that weren't a part of the dream team this morning, we had a church member go into the doctor's office this week with her little one. And on her shirt, she had her only believe garb on. By the way, I believe in Only Believe Garb, and I'm just going to tell you why. Because I think we have the best name of any church in the world. In the world. And I think that it brings on a conversation when you wear a shirt that says Only Believe. And they start asking questions, and I start talking. It's just like a witnessing tool to me. It's not because I idolize my church. It's because I idolize Only Believe. And that is a scripture. That is the voice of God. That's the word of God, and that's why I live where I live. The nurse looks at the shirt and says, Only Believe. Only Believe. Yeah, we've been praying for your pastor. And she said, you have? And she said, yeah, that's Pastor Peter Dosic. She said, yeah. She said, I'm a part of a traveling nurse team. And the nurses in Dayton saw what he's come through and can't wait to see the rest of the miracle. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Had God touched him right then and there, and him never walked out, never came back, never been in the situation he would, that wouldn't be being said. God's building a case. God's building a case that when he comes down and does that which he's going to do, they'll only be able to know that it is the hand of God that touched our pastor. Amen. Amen. This is what it says. i got to keep on point. I'm in trouble. Oh, boy. It says, there's still too many. So 20,000 of those men left huh? and 10,000 remained. Oh, but the Lord doesn't stop there. He says, no, there's still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. Mm-hmm. Go on to verse seven. It says, and the Lord said to Gideon, with 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So that's what Gideon did. God continues to work in Gideon, allowing them. And this is what he says to him later down in the scripture. I'm going to have to paraphrase because I've got to get you out of here. Bottom line is, God has learned Gideon's behavior. God knows that Gideon is in the making. And that he's just not this confident person yet. And God's looking at reestablishing this connection with Gideon to say, I got you, and I'm with you. If you just listen and walk my way, I got it. So he tells him, you're going to go in and possess the land. But this is what he says to Gideon. But if you're afraid, go on down to the camp. There's going to be a conversation, and you're going to overhear the conversation and when you do it's going to give you the courage that you need to go in and possess the land <laughs> gideon don't even have to say pardon me god are you sure anymore. Literally, God is prefacing this for Gideon to say, I know you're still walking in fear, but thank you for walking anyways. Thank you for calling the horn and calling 32,000 men. Thank you for allowing me to remove 22,000 of them. Thank you for allowing me to only leave you with 300. And every single step, Gideon gets stronger and stronger and stronger and looks more like a champion than he's ever looked before. The truth in the story is, you know Gideon wins because God was with him. Gideon finally relented. And he went to the camp and he heard the story and he knew that God was going to give him the battle. He was finally assured. That day when Gideon set the 300 men in line and they all began to blow their horns and their plan of what they were doing, planking and all this stuff, the, literally the army from above, begins to turn on themselves and kills everybody. They don't even have to do anything. That day, Gideon was born a champion. God saw him as a champion before, but that day he became. God is making you and I. And here's here's what the Lord is saying to you and I today. Throw off the weight that slows you down. The Lord is with you. You are a mighty warrior of faith. And I consider you a hero. The spirit of a champion, Jesus, lives inside of you because he went to the cross. He's not abandoned you or forsaken you. And there is no need to settle for anything in your life that is not good. I'm not done with it yet. No matter your insecurities, no matter the shame or your fears. I am with you and you are enough. Use the faith that's in you. Go in your own strength until you have no more. And I'll fill in the rest. No more avoiding and hiding from your life struggle or your enemies. Face it and I'll face it with you. You will be victorious as I am victorious over every enemy that's ever tried to defeat me. When you lack confidence, my word will give you courage and reassure you, and it will be okay. My spirit in you will lead. You follow and attack our enemies, and a champion will be made. Stand to your feet this morning. Church, you are champions. First John four four, I leave you with. It says, Go, you dear children. It goes like this to say, You dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. God didn't leave you here to be defeated. And the spirit of the living God is alive inside of you and I. Live your life like it. Live your life like he's rose from the grave. Because he ain't no longer there. And it proves that you and I have power. You know, I never want God to look down on me. It says that faith pleases him. This is a hard thing. Because sometimes I don't want to use my faith on things I don't think are going in my way. You know, I just get a little uh, miffed. I get kind of frustrated when things don't turn out the way I think they should. And I think, what's wrong with me? What am I not doing right? And so I, I take a back burner in my faith. God says that if faith pleases him, and there's another scripture in the word that says, when I return, will I find faith? Here's the deal. You got to use your faith, even if you have doubts and fears. That's what Gideon did. He just kept taking these tiny, tiny steps. But I guarantee you that had the story of Gideon gone on, the next step of Gideon would not have been this because he had conquered his first battle and he had saw God be faithful in the little things. How much greater would he be in those bigger things that you and I go through? Father, we just come before you today. Lord, we know that we all are facing hard things, all of us. Something in our life is is bigger than what we can do in our own strength. God, I just thank you, Lord, that this word that went forth today, Father, would just rise that spirit and stir the faith within our hearts. God, and let us become the champions that you need for this end time. Father, we talk of our ancestors and what they've done. but God, I want to see you do it now. I want to see you do it in us, through us, because of Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you would bring these situations, these struggles, Father, and just like you did, Gideon, reassure us this week because this is who we are and this is what we do. We are champions because of Jesus. Remind us, don't let us ever forget it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You are not dismissed. Sit down. I know.